Hey everyone, you're listening to Reverend Tashi's Talks. Thank you so much for joining me today. I trust you are doing well. It is always a pleasure to have you. I'm your host, Reverend Tashi Campbell. And remember, a good God can do great things in your life. Welcome, 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 and thank you so much for joining me in studio. Welcome to the first episode in the series that's out of context. Yes, this is the first episode in the series that's out of context. It's our out of context series. Oh, yes. And in this and future episodes, we will be looking at some popular scripture verses which are often used. Well, often used out of context. And today we want to zoom in on a popular saying. In Jamaica, we say it like this, God nangia more than you can bear. God nangia more than you can bear. And let me translate that for our international audience. That is to say, God will not give you more than you can bear. God will not give you more than you can bear. So in our out-of-context series, that is the first statement that we want to examine. And have you have you ever heard that statement? I know that I have. And in these very challenging times... These words, God will not give you more than you can bear. These words ring in the ears of so many people, the ears of those who have lost loved ones to COVID-19 and other reasons. You know, some persons have lost their job and they are going through very challenging times and all they are told is, God will not give you more than you can bear, you know? And then there are those who are going through serious financial strain. There are parents who do not know what else to do about their wayward or rebellious children, or maybe they have a child who is ill and they have done all that they could and they're just feeling so burdened. And they're just told, God will not give you more than you can bear. What about husbands and wives? Husbands and wives who are going through terrible marital strain. God will not give you more than you can bear. What do you think? There's a studio uh, chat that you can feel free to use. I will read your comments. But where did this saying come from, though? It certainly is an adaptation, if I could call it that, from 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. And if you have your Bible, you can grab your Bible and read along with me, but I'm going to read it for you. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, I am reading the New International Version, verse 13. And this is what it says. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. 
and God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. Wow. Okay. So what's this verse really talking about? One, we see that it's talking about temptation. Two, it's talking about God's faithfulness. Three, it's talking about God's activity and provision in the midst of temptation. Mm -hmm. And fourthly, it is also talking about God's supreme control and authority in the circumstances that can be the facilitator of our temptation, if I could express it that way. But, you know, I find it very interesting. It's interesting to me that this verse is not on the lips of many Christians when they are faced with temptation. No, I have spoken with Christians who they pretty much tell you that when this temptation presents itself to them, they have to give in. Now, maybe that's the way they feel. But how they feel is not consistent with what the scripture teaches or God's expectations or the provision that he has made. So there are some Christians that believe that there are some temptations that they just can't resist. But what does God say in his word and what is the truth? As Christians, it is important for us to know the truth and the truth will be informed by God's word. So then what's the context of this verse now? We can go so many different directions in terms of looking at the context of the verse. I could look at the historical context. I could look at, you know, the audience and uh, that, that, that Paul was writing to, which would be the church, the Corinthian church, of course. I could look at what was going on before. I could look at all of that. But for the purpose of this live cast, I want to give attention to the biblical context. In other words, we're going to look at the verses prior to that particular verse and maybe a verse after that. So when you're looking at the context of a verse in scripture, it's good to look at the surrounding verses. And that is very important. And I see one of our uh, persons in studio saying, God is saying that there is an escape clause, but that does not mean that we as his children are to yield to the temptations when they come upon us. All right. Thank you so much for that comment. So I'm looking now at the biblical context. So in order to do that, let me just quickly read for you from verse 1 of 1 Corinthians chapter 10. And bear in mind that this is a warning that Paul is giving and he uses history, the history of Israel to give this warning. Verse 1 says, For I do not want you to be ignorant of the fact, brothers and sisters, that our ancestors were all under the cloud and that they all passed through the sea. They were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. 
they all ate the same spiritual food and drank the same spiritual drink for they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them and that rock was Christ. Nevertheless, God was not pleased with most of them. Their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. Now, these things occurred. Now, this is where you draw your chair and you relax a little bit and listen to this. I hope you have your tall glass of orange juice drinking while you take this all in. This is so exciting for me. Verse 6 says, Now, these things occurred as examples to keep us from setting our hearts on evil things as they did. The people of Israel, you know, do not. Be idolaters, as some of them were, as it is written. The people sat down to eat and drink and got up to indulge in revelry. We should not commit sexual immorality, as some of them did. And in one day, 23,000 of them died. We should not test Christ, as some of them did, and were killed by snakes. And do not grumble as some of them did and were killed by the destroying angel. These things happened to them as an example, as examples, and were written down as warnings for us on whom the culmination of the age has come. Verse 12. So if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted. This is our verse. Beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. And verse 14, one verse after I will read. Therefore, my dear friends, flee from idolatry. And I will stop there. Flee from idolatry. So the warnings from Israel's history. Here it is that Paul is writing and he's saying, we should not commit sexual immorality. We should not test Christ. We should not grumble. And he says, if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you do not fall. I want to share with you quickly just a, a little summary from two commentaries that I read. One of them is Ellicott's commentary. And this is what he said. He says, God permits the temptation by allowing the circumstances which create temptation to arise. But he takes care that no fate bars the path of retreat. With each temptation, he makes a way to escape from it. And that is so, must be so. Why? Because God is faithful. End quote. That was a quotation from Ellicott's commentary. And in other words, what he is saying is that even though God allows the circumstances which create the temptation to arise, God does not leave us alone. He ensures that there is a way of escape. And why? Because he is faithful. So in other words, he if God says that he's going to give a way of escape, then it must 
happen. That is important. And then the second commentary that I want to read for you, just a summary here, is from Matthew Henry. And I quote, to this word of caution, a word of comfort is added. Others have the like burdens and the like temptations. What they bear up under and break through, we may also. God is wise as well as faithful and will make our burdens according to our strength. He knows what we can bear. He will make a way to escape. He will deliver either from the trial itself or at least the mischief of it. We have full encouragement to flee from sin and to be faithful to God. We cannot fall by temptation if we cleave fast to him. Whether the world smiles or frowns, it is an enemy. But believers shall be strengthened to overcome it. And with, with all its terrors and enticements, believers shall be strengthened to overcome it with all its terrors and enticements. The fear of the Lord put into their hearts will be the great means of safety. End quote. So it is so important for us to understand the context of this verse. And then, all right, so what is so wrong about saying God will not give you more than you can bear? What, so what's wrong with that? Maybe you're asking that question. Well, number one, for one, people who are going through trauma, like serious emotional trauma and other kinds of trauma, this statement can come across as insensitive and it can give a negative impression of God. And I say this because sometimes what people feel and what they are experiencing, it really feels like too much to bear. Like this is really too heavy for me to bear. And when somebody just comes and says, oh, God now give you more than you can bear. God will not give you more than you can bear. It's almost like a dismissal of how I feel. Okay, so you can handle it. So just handle it. So sometimes, and I know that may not be the intention, but it can come across as that. And I want to share with you quickly two persons in scripture who they had they, they they found themselves in a situation that was too much for them to bear and i wanted to pay attention to what they said and what god did the first one is found in numbers chapter 11 numbers chapter 11 and i'm going to read verse 14 and a few other verses after that let me just get to my Bible here, Numbers chapter 11. And I hope you have your Bible too. And you're reading along with me. Thank you so much for joining in. Here it is, verse 14. Now in Numbers chapter 11, this is Moses leading the people. And they were complaining. They didn't like anything. They couldn't, they just, whatever the manner, whatever God was providing, they just, they, they wanted to go back to Egypt. They were giving Moses a very hard time and it became too much. They, they just listen to Moses here in verse 14. I cannot carry all these people by myself. The burden is too heavy for me. 
the burden is too heavy for me. This is Moses speaking. And then verse 15, he says, if this is how you're going to treat me, he's talking to God. Please just go ahead and kill me. Just go ahead and kill me. If I have found favor in your eyes and do not let me face my own ruin. That's what Moses said. The, the burden was too heavy for him. But look at how God responded. The Lord said to Moses, verse 16, bring me 70 of Israel's elders who are known to you as leaders and officials among the people. Have them come to the tent of meeting that they may stand there with you. Verse 17 says, I will come down and speak with you there and I will take some of the power of the spirit that is on you. In other words, the same kind of anointing and calling that God placed on Moses, he was going to put that on these 70 people. And then God says, they will share the burden of the people with you so that you will not have to carry it alone. So right there, we're seeing where God recognized that of a fact, Moses was really carrying this burden that was too much for him. You see what the God did? God provided 70, 70, not seven, not three, not two, not one, but 70 leaders. And, said to, and he said to Moses, they will share the burden of the people with you so that you will not have to carry it alone. Now, I don't know about you, but that tells me that sometimes we will find ourselves in situations that are just too much to bear. Now, that is not to say that God will not help us as he did here for Moses. But we're talking about the 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13 in its context. If we're going to use that verse, then we must understand its context and use it accordingly. So Moses had a burden that was too heavy for him. And one other example from scripture I want to refer you to quickly. In 1 Kings chapter 19, the prophet Elijah. 1 Kings chapter 19, verse uh, 4. So here it is. What's the context here? The context here is that... Uh, Elijah just, just had a wonderful victory on Mount Carmel, defeating and killing, slaughtering 400 or so of the prophets of Baal. Jezebel heard about it, sent threats to him, and he's now running for his life. And Elijah here, the Bible says that he was afraid and he ran for his life. Verse 3 of 1 Kings chapter 19. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servants there. Verse 4. While he himself went a day, day's journey into the wilderness, he came to a broom bush, sat down under it, and listened to this. He prayed that he might die. This is what he said. I have had enough, Lord. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. Yes, even Elijah the prophet found himself in a situation that was too heavy for him. He was afraid first, then he became depressed to the point of wanting to die. Wow. Elijah wanted to die. His words were, I've had enough. 
And of course, if you read the rest of that chapter, you will see where God pursued him, sent an angel to take care of him, and eventually he, uh, he God spoke to him, and he was able to, he, he received strength to go on to another, to, to, to continue his journey, that is. So the statement, God will not give you more than you can bear, one, it can come across as being insensitive and it can give a negative impression of God. Negative impression of God in the sense that if I feel this way, if this is the, the, the way that I feel, I am experiencing a situation that is really too much for me to bear and I need some support, you know, and God will not give me more than I can bear, then then is it that then is it that something so there's a there's a discrepancy there between what I expect from God in that he will take care of me and what I'm now experiencing. So something else needs to be said. Something, something, something needs to be resolved there. So it can give a negative impression of God. And the second thing here, as I talk about, so what's so wrong with saying that God will not give you more than you can bear? Is that the statement itself offers no promise and it offers no practical solution for your present situation. So I'm I'm really going through a hard time with whatever and you just oh God will not give you more than you can bear. Okay, thank you for telling me that. So what next? What are you well, you know what next? What next? All right? Okay. So <laughs> in context, 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 13 is a beautiful verse for every Christian to study and draw on when tempted. I see we have a caller. I'm going to take the call to see, you know, to engage a little bit. Hi, good evening. Welcome to Reverend Patches Hi, Pastor. Hi, how are you? Me, I'm fine, thanks. And you? I'm well, great. I'm doing great. Well, so uh, what's up? What's okay. on your mind? Okay, um, what if somebody were to use the term, God will not give you more than you can bear, as a sort of encouragement? So somebody's going through a difficult time, and a friend, or even a stranger yeah. for that matter, yeah. says to the person as encouragement, hang in there, don't give up, don't yield to the temptation, because God will not give you more than you can bear, meaning that, if you just continue to hang in there, God will open your eyes to the means of escape. Ah, What's so wrong with that? There is absolutely nothing wrong with that. I like what you said because based on what you just described, you are using the verse in context because you spoke about hanging in there. You spoke about... Uh, um, do not yield to the temptation. And you also said, if you if you hang in there long enough, God will show you the means of escape. That is exactly what the scripture verse says. But what I am referring to here, and, and as I said, I think I mentioned that some people will say the statement, which I'm going to repeat, not with any ill intention. We're just talking about when a person is going through a particular thing, how do they receive it when it is just said, 
God will not give you more than you can bear. The statement is often used not in the context of temptation, but usually in the context of hardship, trauma. For example, someone might just lose a loved one and they're really mourning, crying their eyes out every night, and they, they're really going through a difficult time in terms of getting through that mourning period and there are some persons who will look at them and say god will not give you more than you can bear but that's not what they should be hearing at this time that statement has nothing to do with a person who has just lost a loved one for example and they're mourning yes in that context it could come across as i'm um, being insensitive correct sure. Right. But what you described, there's nothing wrong with that. That's a very good example. And, and I would encourage Christian. That's actually where I'm going. That once we're talking about temptation, this is the verse that offers hope for us in how to handle and think about temptation when we are faced with it. Right, so thank you so much uh, for that call and contribution, Wayne. So I will continue. So in, in context, as I said, the verse is a beautiful verse for every Christian to study and to draw on when they are tempted. Number one, whatever your temptation, others have gone through it before you. It is not unique only. It is not unique to only you. And let me read again what it says because now i'm just kind of dissecting the verse it says no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind in other words others have faced the temptation that you're facing before whether you know someone who has gone through it or not it is not unique to only you whatever your temptation is and the second thing is i want to remind us that god's reputation is bound up in his name so for the sake of his name, he will provide an escape route. He will provide an escape route. So listen to what the verse says. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. You know what stood out to me when I read that verse again? That God doesn't necessarily zap you out of the temptation or snatch you away. He doesn't just let you disappear. He makes the way. And this implies that we have to access that way. God makes the way. We need to access it. So my question is, what's your temptation? What temptation are you most vulnerable or susceptible to? Is it stealing? Lying, lusting, watching porn, partying, drinking, cussing, dishonesty, revenge. Can I say to you that all of these things and so much more, because I may not have called your number, but all of these, whatever temptation we can face, these temptations come within particular circumstances or contexts. So what's your temptation? God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. 
But when you are tempted, so temptation is a must. He will also provide a way out, a way of escape so that you will endure it. Wow. I think that that is awesome. And finally, my friends, when your burden feels too much to bear, Psalm 55 verse 22 is what I want to leave with you. Cast your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be shaken. And I think that is a fitting note on which to end this live cast. I see a few comments in the chat and I want to just say thank you so much for the comments. I see Lady Ren saying when Job's friends were silent, they helped. But when they decided to speak, they said nothing. They said something to worsen Job's problems. So sometimes persons who are going through certain challenges just need a listening air. All right. Thank you so much. That is our talk for today. And I hope you have been blessed. Have you been blessed? I know I've been blessed. Thank you for keeping me company. And until next time, I'm your host, Reverend Tashi Campbell.